Hello, hello. Welcome to the Geekscape Book Club and big shout outs all around. I, as always, am Christian Blatt, joined by the one, the future, the past, the present, everything, everywhere, all at once. The one, the only Eric Connor. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for being here. Hello. Thank you very much. It was inevitable that I would join you. You see what I did there? The inevitability. Yes, <laughs> uh, we today, as always, here on the Geekscape Book Club, we discuss a book that neither of us have read. We have not discussed it. We are going to talk about it for the first time with both of you. Who are these comic books is another way that you could consider this conversation. Uh, and this month, Kang the Conqueror, only myself left to conquer and really, Eric, when you think about it, don't we all have ourselves to conquer? I'll take my answer off the air. Uh, but uh, I, I would like to talk about this book, which uh, came recommended from Jonathan London, but also uh, from the uh, the grand poobah of all the comic book movie specials here on the Geekscape Network, uh, Ian Kerner. Uh, they both endorsed this book, which is one of the more recent books that we've run this uh, that we've read. This is from 2021, uh, written by both Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, art by Carlos Magno. And you know what? Let's just shout out uh, Espen Gruden-Jurton, the color artist. Uh, but uh, I, I think I, that name raises the dead, actually, if you say it yeah. backwards. So be careful. <laughs> well, if you, say it, if you say it 21 times in a darkened room, <laughs> he appears in the mirror and he digitally colors everything that you have. What was your familiarity with the character of Kang the Conqueror before reading this book, Eric? You know, it's funny. I, I realized not as much as I had thought. Like, I, I, I think I, I feel like Kang is a character I knew visually. And again, sure. I was like kind of preface, you know, my the bulk of my comic book reading was, oh gosh, early 80s up through like 87, you know. So, yeah, I, and yeah, I, I hung was, on a little bit longer than you. I mean. I'm yeah, then I would come back every can. I'm about 83 till the the early 90s, and I hung on to the X Men until 99. So okay. yeah, I think we read a lot of the same error. era. Era, yeah, era, uh, and uh, what what I thought of Kang? Uh, no, Kang. Do I uh, hear a briefcase opening? <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that we not only got Ted Kennedy but also Mayor Quimby into the conversation. I mean, come on, vote. Vote Quimby. If you learn nothing else from this show. Diamond Joe Quimby. Quimby. Uh, yes, Diamond Joe Quimby. Uh, also from the era we're talking about. But uh, so, yeah, that, that's around when you read uh, mm -hmm. Marvel Comics predominantly. And I know he popped up, you know, that, I mean, he's been a, he's been a character for, for decades. I mean, right. So he's been he's been around. And I just um, I, I, I he just, I guess, didn't leave the same imprint. Like, I know who he was. But if you just pulled me aside and asked me, I don't know, pre, uh, pre Ant Man, you know, or a few movies ago, who he was, I like, oh, uh, yeah, pre pre Loki, he who remains, basically. Yeah, right, 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 right. I I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you much. So it was actually once again the 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 fun of this. Uh, I don't know if you call it a podcast or an experiment, whatever it is. It's it's really been great it, to it's actually an experiment the way that Mystery Science Theater three thousand is an experiment. You know. Okay. And, and when I'm glad you're that you're forced to participate, yeah, I'm crow. And, I think and is, is my and your character. jokes are and your quips are scripted. <laughs> right, we have a whole staff right off camera yeah. writing us constant right. one-liners. Uh, and, and so I'm, you know, and I think it was, a, it's a really good introduction to him. I think this sure. this this title here is like, I know, and you you look for this. It's like primers almost for these characters. And I thought this one was so well-rooted in character. I mean, the whole structure was right. tied in the character. And weirdly enough, and I don't want to spoil this film in case you haven't seen it, but it, it kind of reminded me of The Father. I don't know if you saw that film with Anthony Hopkins. The Anthony Hopkins film. Uh, you know, I I did not get around to seeing that. It, he won an Oscar for it. And uh, and when you see it, you'll see why. I mean, remember it yeah. was him. Well, and, and that was Chadwick Boseman. That was the the film that everyone uh, wanted. Ch that was a category everyone wanted Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman to win. In fact, they saved that category for the end of for that the, Oscars yeah, telecast. And then they get the moment with uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins, who, uh, you know, Telling me, oh, Anthony Hopkins is great in that movie is not hard to believe. You know, it's uh... even 
with knowing how wonderful that actor is. You see this movie because the movie's all about um, the character has um, dementia. Right. Sure. Um, and and so the way the narrative thread goes is in again I careful I just don't want to ruin it for anyone but it That's fine, yeah. you really feel what it it's like to be him and um and he oh god he's so good in it um but this this storytelling here the way it sort of circles in on itself and we've seen that before but it's I, very I, I Tarantino <laughs> completely and you know we've got a touch of memento in there I suppose yeah, and uh but but yet I, I think like it, it did such a great job of helping me understand his struggle in ways that Ant-Man did not, you know, and as wonderful as Jonathan Majors is like, um, who, who right now was arrested this weekend, but yeah, way. I know. So like, like right now we're not, we're in a weird situation where we're not sure how highly mm-hmm. we should sing the praises of Jonathan Majors. Yeah, no, it's, it's a holding uh, but, pattern. We're in a holding yeah, pattern. Like, what are we allowed right? to think? But right. it, it won't, it won't undo the fact that he's great in the Ant-Man film. You know, and, oh, and I know, and, and yeah, and also the idea that they really found a terrific actor to play this character, especially after reading this and seeing yeah. it's all about kind of variants, variations, and you. This is how this is why Marvel goes after these performers. It's not just because they're the big names, but also they're remarkably big talents. Yes, and and so they can do this. I mean, you needed a Robert Downey to build this house around, you know, and, and then you needed a Jonathan Majors to usher in this next wave because we had such a terrific villain with Thanos. So they had to find like a real, like, like a a top-notch actor who also didn't come in with a lot of history. Right. I think perfectly cast and uh, yeah, although he's very different in this, you know, very different in this, but I think uh, by design, you know, Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. My familiarity with, uh, King mostly stretches from uh, a storyline in the mid eighties Avengers, uh, which is the introduction of the council of Kings, uh, right. the book that I'm showing for our visual audience, Avengers 267 from, I believe 1985, maybe no, it's 1986 because it's Marvel's 25th anniversary. Uh, and uh, apparently this book uh, in main condition is worth, uh, $350 because it's the introduction of the council of Kings, but you know, that is just someone selling it. So I don't know if it's actually yeah, worth that. your copy that smells like McRib is worth almost $13. I heard maybe $13. Yeah. And, uh, it doesn't just smell like McRib. You, there's a stain <laughs> on, like on page 15, you know, 15 you through find. 23. It was, right. it was well, like, yeah, let's be honest. I didn't, you, you know, were growing I, I like to, I like to <laughs> savor my McRib. Uh, so that's kind of the era that I was most familiar with the character. Um, you know, I, I've definitely read other stories and you're, you, there's references to him. Um, I read a lot more with Mortis and, uh, I, you know, we kind of had him in this era. And there's a character named the Druid that doesn't factor into uh, this specific uh, iteration, who is also Kang from a different part of his timeline who was actually a member of the Avengers around issue 300. So, you know, I didn't know a lot of the dots connected. And I thought that, yeah, this story, I can see why it came so recommended because it, in a very nice circular style of storytelling, it it really connects a lot of dots. You know, it starts off with Nathaniel Richards in the 31st century. And right away you're like, wait a minute. King always says he's from the 31st century that sets off some, some alarms. And uh, obviously the name Nathaniel Richards, he's a descendant of Reed and Sue Richards and, you know, uncle Benji and uh, uncle Johnny storm and, you know, the whole family. So uh, I think it's uh, it's interesting that Kang really starts off. If you were to untangle the string theory of all the time travel and the beginning of your string he is basically this Nathaniel Richards kind of longing for an existence more interesting, you know, mm-hmm. that, that it, you know, where everything is, is basically fine uh, in the, in the 31st century. So I thought it was interesting to kind of watch how he first meets Kang. And, you know, we know enough about Kang that we're like, all right, this is, this meeting is not going to be what it seems. And, then just a couple of different ways in which he 
repositions himself. Nathaniel Richards does, you know, he acts out the part of King to cry, try and not create paradoxes. But when you're not dealing with on-screen Marvel content, you get surprises, you get Khonshu, you get yeah. a Moon Knight, and we got Apocalypse. And rightly so, by the way, if you're dealing with ancient Egypt and someone, you know, as a as a tyrant trying to imprison all of Egypt, uh, Apocalypse might have something to say about that. So I, I was actually disappointed that he wasn't featured in it more. You know, I, I expected yeah. him to kind of come back. Yeah, it was, it was weird. It was like a cameo yeah. that in it, it. I think one of the issues did it end with Apocalypse showing up and then. You're yeah. Like, oh, cool. and, yeah. And, and then, then it's like, like three panels later. And then he like he's like, yeah, I'll help you uh, get to the future, but I'm going to send you the long way around where yeah. you're, <laughs> you're going to hang out for a few thousand years. Yeah, which uh, I believe I believe they did that on Star Trek Next Generation at one point. They uh, buried Data's head uh, back in uh, Mark Twain oh. buried his head. Yeah. So anyway, so sometimes sometimes cool. that's how you have to time travel. You have to go the long way around. Yeah. Um, they did that in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. So there's a few different uh, instances of that. But talk a little bit about getting to, you know, this is a very self-contained story. Um, and I think we benefit from reading this as a collected volume. Uh, reading this month to month, I, I think, would kind of take away from the nature. I mean, you know, like any story, if you can read it beginning to end in one sitting, Mm -hmm. uh, but I think this one in particular really lends itself to really just being read as a collection instead of having to, you know, read the story over the course of five months. But what did you think sort of about, were you surprised by the same things that I was like, you know, the fact that we got Khonshu, the fact that we got Apocalypse. It's one of those, I mean, comics always of course have crossovers. I mean, sure. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, Marvel Cinematic obviously understood that very early on. It's like, yeah, this is this is why we loved comics as kids. It's like, oh yeah, Spider Man's. We were in New York. Yeah, Spider Man's probably going to show up at some point. Uh, yeah, and and so I think the cameos were really smart in terms of the very organic, like the idea that yeah, you're in ancient Egypt, you're probably going to run into Kanchu. Um, you're gonna run in uh, to, to Apocalypse. So, so I, I think it was really smartly done. It's good too to give it almost like this context within the comic book universe, and not just the idea of like the history of man. And, yeah. and so, I think on that end, it actually was pretty smart linking it to these other sort of small storylines. I, I agree. I, it seemed a little strange to sort of bring up Apocalypse. And well, not do more of them. Yeah, yeah. It, it seemed like uh, maybe a little bit of a missed opportunity because Apocalypse is such an interesting character. But, um, you know, I think if I read this week, you know, month to month, yeah. I'm not sure if I would have liked it as much. It, it, it's interesting. It's like binge TV, right? It, and uh, the creator of um, one of the writers on Supernatural who also does The Boys. Yeah. Um, he had this really long tirade in Variety, I think it was, where he was like, basically, you know, I, I'm perfectly happy working in this culture now where we can work on all the episodes at once and release them all at once. Uh, but my issue is the idea of like, oh, just give it three episodes and you'll be fine. You yeah. know, and, and, it, and in his mind, because oh, Eric Kripke, um, because he, you know, wrote for network TV, it's like that never works. Like you yep. can't do that in network TV. There's a grind to it. And also the idea that every sort of episode should move the needle some. And so I, I think on that end, I'm very happy I got to binge this. Uh, yep. and, and particularly because it was looping into itself in a way yeah. that I think would have been less effective if I read issue four um, three months after issue one. You know, because then it would have I would have had to literally pick up issue one and be like, wait, what what was that again? Yeah, I know. Yeah, you would have like side by sided some panels, which I guess, you know, could have been an advent in its own right. But for the most part, yeah, it, it really is. There are those series that you watch and you think, oh, this would have been better as a binge. You know, the example that I use from well, as recent as last year was that due to travel and just other things. The uh, the Star Wars, the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, I watched it in like a day. I watched it over two days. 
And people who watched it over the course of six weeks, I think enjoyed it less. But I was like, no, actually, here's all the things I really liked about it. And, you know, and I think sometimes when you don't have the time to sit and then wonder and also whatever the virtual version of water cooler talk is, you know, to not have that. Uh, sometimes it can increase your enjoyment a little bit more. It is fun. I, uh, you know, the inverse is that I appreciate the fun of being able to talk about stuff. I like when stuff comes out weekly, uh, when it's content that everybody seems to universally agree about, you know, when everybody, Mm -hmm. when everybody saw the season two finale of Mandalorian on the same day, you know, right. 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 When we were all watching Loki week to week to keep it in the uh, Marvel family, there was so much to talk about. And by the way, Eric and I are part of a show that we do on my YouTube channel called uh, Marvel Movie Talk. And uh, you can uh, find us over there just as soon as there's Marvel movies or TV to talk about. Yeah, uh, which, although right now they punted on so much of it. They so. punted on so much of it that it's like, well, we know we'll talk about the Guardians. <laughs> so right. we'll get the Guardians in, in May. And uh, that'll that'll tie into uh, our entry for next month here in the book club. But yeah, this, I think this story really lends itself to whether it's one sitting or if it's just over, you know, a couple of days, you know, reading it uh, quickly and not having to wait because of the way that you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. This, this was the thing we saw earlier. And I, I found it uh, to be interesting, but to your point, I think I would have liked this a lot less if I'd had to read it, you know, over time. And uh, I, I thought that, uh, you know, following Nathaniel Richards and just sort of dealing with, you know, everything that uh, he contends with, uh, I found to be, um, I found it to be entertaining in this setting, you know, in, in at this pace. Uh, obviously, the inclusion of Doom was essential. Um, another character that I could have used more of. I like that the uh, the Fantastic Four are basically window dressing. You know, there's like <laughs> right, right, they right. come in a little bit. He doesn't even mention that it's like, oh yeah, that's my. I don't know how many great grandfathers it is when it's a thousand years. You know, but it's one <laughs> <Right>. of those. <laughs> so, um, but uh, you know, I think that. Uh, it's interesting how at the center, you know, I mean, a, basically a cornerstone of the character from so long ago is basically this idea of the the love that uh, got away, you know, in various ways and continued to get away. So this uh, having variants and alternate versions of Ravona, I thought was was interesting part of the storytelling, you know, and I feel like they did a good job making each one seem different enough. And yet uh, the different versions of Kang slash Nathaniel Richards slash Ramatut always fascinated by her. Uh, What did you think about uh, the story really, really centering around that relationship? Well, that's, it's always what we need. We need something we can understand emotionally and, and that to, to that end, this is where the introduction of Kang in Ant-Man left me, uh, well, wanting more. Because sure. he's talking about all this, oh, I need to conquer all the worlds. It's like, well, why? You, you know, like that, that was the one piece of it that, you know, I understood Kang fe- feeling uh, betrayed and, and left to die, you know, uh, to quote, my 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 buddy Khan buried alive, buried alive. You know, buried alive. alive. This is city alpha five. <laughs> I've done something worse than <laughs> I've hurt you. Um, so now we were just gonna spend the whole day talking like Ricardo Montalban. Um, but the the fine Corinthian story leather of this very nice. it, it had a really good emotional hook. And then it becomes incredibly relatable, weirdly enough, right? And and that idea, too, that I thought was really powerful was, like, almost like this idea of, like, let's say you get someone back in your life, but they're not the same person you remember. They don't remember you the same way. You know, um, and it's like seeing an ex from, like, decades ago. And, like, it, it's all of a sudden, it, it feels like they got recast, which, by the way, uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, 
very smartly did this when they had to replace an actor midway through the show. And the way they explained it was like how your memory about someone changes or the reality changes. And I'm like, that is a really clever way to write around it. And, and so I think putting a love story at the center of this made a lot of the decisions uh, uh, just more um, um, relatable, emotional. Uh, There's a great logic to it and, and also really powerful. I mean, there were some, some moments like the idea of like being between the stars, I thought was a really kind of, lovely romantic line and then you know in the end you realize the cage he's in he's in alone and i think that yeah. uh, that really uh, they really struck the landing with that yeah and uh you know it's it's interesting because there's that great moment you know the the line the repeated reference of between the stars and then the whole thing starts off with this uh this quote from alexander the great you know, right, right. about uh, uh, is it not worthy of despair that there are an infinite number of worlds to conquer and I cannot become the master of even one. And uh, Kang really took that to heart because he's like, why, well, you know, any schlub can master one world, but uh, let's see if I can go ahead and master infinite worlds, you know, repeatedly and throughout uh, so I think that uh, one of the reasons why, at least presumably why this story came so highly recommended, is that you get an, an understanding of of Kang on the personal level that you probably wouldn't, especially from older stories. You know, if we were to have, you know, picked up a Kang collection that featured stories from the 60s through the 80s, uh, I don't think that there's really this level of introspection for the character. You know, I just Mm -hmm. I I don't think they had spent enough time for it. And then part of it that I've often wondered about this is just at what point did they start to think that these characters were actually connected? Like you have to figure the first appearance of Rama Tut in like, I don't know, Fantastic Four or Five or whatever it was, wasn't like, oh, yeah, but this guy's actually a time traveler named Kang. Like the first time that Kang showed up probably wasn't Ramatut yet, you know, and somebody like weaves it all together. And it's again, let's not forget Amortis. And I believe even Iron Lad is uh, part of the, 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 one of the many faces that Kang wears, you know? So uh, you kind of, it, it's interesting when you can kind of go in and connect those dots, you know, as brilliant as it is when somebody, you know, a creator of some kind will tell you like, Oh yeah, no, I had this all mapped out from, episode one sometimes they do but usually you know you can you can really get the feel for um you know it's a good example lost they Mm -hmm. sure didn't know what they were doing and by the time they tied it up they were i almost was gonna say that christian it's hysterical because i've read a lot of interviews with those writers and seen them interviewed and sure and like half of them were like oh yeah it's all mapped up and others were like ah no we didn't know and yeah. so it almost depends who you ask. I think part of the fun they have is perpetually effing with us, even now. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> no way they knew that, that smoke monster. There is no way when they introduce yeah. that smoke monster, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah no, it's when they uh, yeah. when they throw Locke into a hole or Locke threw someone else into a hole. Yeah. And he's no, gonna it's turn like it a, into a the, smoke. the smoke monster is a guy who looks like he should be doing one of those old spice commercials, you know, and it's not <laughs> something that they had thought of at, at that not point. Not at all. Not, not at all. It. So, well, um, and, and yeah. I think that's, that's also what's really been fun about writing in these universes is like, huh, like I'm starting to swim close to those waters. Like what if I went in there and sort of, like explored like huh, why not make this character in that one one of the same or a variant you know and and even like when with the multiverse i mean they it gives them sort of carte blanche to just f around repeatedly and totally yeah and uh yeah well john krasinski we don't know if we're gonna get him for reed richards but for now why not and yeah let's have him into spaghetti is, yeah it's reed richards yeah turn it immediately the, 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 in fact i would argue probably the dumbest version of Reed Richards. Yeah, the one that let himself get turned into spaghetti. Yeah. In in five seconds. It wasn't <laughs> even like there was like, well, something went wrong or he got betrayed. No, no, no. He just was like, oh, I think I can make this work. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, Chef Boyardee. It, it made no sense. So, yeah, it's like... It, it, but they yeah, get away it, with it. It's like Colossus running up to Magneto. 
You know, you're like, wait, this is actually the worst matchup you could have tried to map out <laughs> right. here. You know, uh, Peter Rasputin, not in metal form, has a much better chance uh, against Magneto. I think it's, uh, you know, one of the themes of this story is that uh, time means nothing to Kang. And right, even right, right, Kang right. himself seems to forget that at times. And he, you know, he gets reminded of it. And I think the, you know, just sort of the way that, they play with time. It's also time means nothing to Kang, but it's also like, you can't use time to avoid things forever. You, you can, you can run away for a little while, but it seems like you talked at the beginning about how some things are inevitable. It's inevitable that Nathaniel Richards becomes Kang and then inspires Nathaniel Richards to try and, overtake king you know what i mean it's just like right 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 he's going to like even if it's well i'm gonna do things differently this time yeah but you're still gonna end up in the same place no matter what you do it just might take a little bit longer you might go somewhere else in between but uh you know i think that uh there is something to be said for destiny in this story you know that uh no matter what skill set you have no matter how fancy the armor is no matter who helps you along the way, ultimately you end up right back where you started from, which it's, you know, it's like, there's this picture at the beginning of the book where he's, you know, sitting in that chair and then it ends. Yep. He's doing exactly the the same thing. In fact, that's one of the pictures that uh, you sent to me, Eric, when we do these, he always uh, sends so much stuff along that, uh, you know, then I have to try and uh, sort through all of it. But uh, um, there's a, there's a compliment in there that if you use a pickaxe and a light, you might find. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> this is the one. This is the one that uh, I was uh, trying to show. Is this image that's sort of you know the end, never ever the end, and you know he's just sort of sitting there taking it all in. But uh, let's take a journey through some of your uh, some of the images that you were uh, kind enough to send my way. Uh, Eric, uh, we're, I'm going to go in in sort of a, a file number order. Um, so you took this moment, uh, which is the fist of Mr. Fantastic uh, looking to take out uh, Ramatut, basically. And, uh, you know, just sort of the idea of it's a great sentence. Dressing as a god will not make it so. And, you know, I think that's something that we could we could all learn to uh to remember more often, you know, it's a lesson. It's funny. It's a lesson when you zoom long. in, it, yeah. you realize how, how badly drawn the mouth is. Like <laughs> <laughs> Now that you say it, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's going to be my new uh, icon and logo is across the, across the, the, the board. The, 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 uh, <laughs> the British uh, pop rock artist, badly drawn mouth. I believe. Ah, yeah. Not that that's much Eric, of an inside reference. They, oh, at all, that really. is so good, no. though. I, I yeah. get it. Well, thank I you. I'm glad you appreciate it. I will listen to Badly Drawn Boy right after this, and you're. I mean, the About a Boy soundtrack is uh, is it's a, is a good listen for everyone. So, uh, yeah. So, we, you know, we saw a little bit of the Fantastic Four there, and then you know we have this. Well, and actually, of... I, I shared this as a question. Actually, sorry. Okay, sorry great, Christian. Because I wasn't sure if this was like a, a legendary battle. Like a, it, it feels it, like it must have been. It, it strikes me as probably the first time that the Avengers faced off uh, against Kang, which is fairly early in the uh, Avengers book. Um, just judging from who the team is, it, it's uh, fairly early on. You know, um, you there was a time where a reference to something like this would feature a note from the editor. Yeah, say, with the you know, asterisk. Yeah. Way back in Avengers number seven or whatever it might be. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, uh, when you get the, when you get giant man with the big antenna, you know, that's, uh, that's from a very specific moment in time. Uh, we do get a lot of, uh, some good interactions between Kang and, and Nathaniel Richards, but it really does come back to this point, uh, which Eric has tried to instill in his children. And I've done the same to my children, never love. And, uh, you know, every time that my kids and, and our them, wives would definitely double down. Well, they, on would that. De- oh, they would absolutely agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and anytime my kid comes in for a hug, I was like, what have I told you? And then they, they hang their head and they go, like, oh, <laughs> they walk away in shame. 
But uh, also the follow-up in all of time and space, it is the only way in which you will be conquered. Love. And um, seems like good advice from old Kang, right, Eric? It, it's giving it, it's totally telling him the warning. And and in some ways too, it's like he does that so he'll fight harder against that, you know, in, in the hopes of maybe this version will be able to sort of uh, get over that hurdle. So in some ways like he's he's resigned himself to never loving and yet by saying this, he's he's like challenging this young buck to like go out there and see if maybe this is the way to actually like conquer this problem. And of course, turns out not to be, including that that the montage of all the different ways his love died. Is it Ravana? Ravana? I think Ravana. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, all the yeah, ways. Like one did. of them, she just gets the plague. Oh know? right, right. <laughs> and it, uh, did you ever uh, read or see the Time Machine? Uh, quite some time ago I saw yeah the, yeah but a, a, a terrible film but there's one moment where you, you, the whole thing is he's traveling in time to try and save his wife and right. and at one point he's like all right just stay here don't do anything and then a runaway horse just travels <laughs> over her yeah and uh and I know that moment was uh um what was I gonna say that that moment was supposed to be uh you know tragic yeah, but when you uh, watch it, uh, it, it is it is not. Yeah, <laughs> someone is, getting trampled is, by a horse is uh, usually it's pretty funny. goofy. Yeah. Yeah. But th- that moment there, even the plague thing, it's like, geez, like he can't get a break, and and it means also too he's had to witness her die, yeah, countless times, which I, I think is uh, they didn't really kind of um, focus on that as much the idea of the grief and despair of losing her time and time again, like it, they did in the early part, but then it, it's almost like he gets numb to it, which is right. the part that really thing. It's like, Oh my God, he's seen it so many times. Like he's had to harden himself because of its inevitability. And, you know, with that little bit of op- optimism and hope that maybe this time will be different. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, that's, it is the way in which he'll, he'll be conquered. And I guess ultimately is because there is always the hope of uh, it'll be different this time, you know, even though you've had, you know, multiple lifetimes and centuries to remind you, it's not going to be different. It's going to be exactly the same. Right. And, uh, you know, to just sort of watch that unfold over these five issues uh, was definitely uh, an interesting way to go. Uh, so then uh, you have one of the early moments, one of the interactions between the first Ravona we meet with uh, the face paint happy. I mean, just look at this. This looks like MTV Spring Break, in all honesty, you know, the way I remember it. This is actually an image from Christian's wedding. <laughs> yes. It, uh, for our, our audio audience, this is a moment Sorry. where they are uh, basically around the campfire it's very celebratory, and uh, yes, uh, Nathaniel Richards looks as awkward dancing as uh, <laughs> I did on on my big day as well. Um, what was it about this specific image that I feel I've accurately described for our audio audience? Uh, what was it about this that jumped out at you, Eric? Oh, uh, well, I think the, the the dance itself was just kind of wonderfully ridiculous. But it's is like, it is it perhaps on par with brace yourselves for this reference? I'm ready. The Balky Bartakamus dance of joy. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, don't be ridiculous. Of course, it's great. Uh, yeah, cousin Christian, I tell you this this moment here. It, it, it's so many things at once. Even there's that guy in the background on the left side of the frame. I don't know what he's doing. But yeah. it's, go, go, no, scroll down. Now I feel like it's a Blade Runner. Enhance. Wait, wait, he's like, uh, 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 we'll just say his arms are very close to his crotch. Well, to keep it with the MTV theme, he this is uh, this was an extra on the grind with Eric Nees. <laughs> you know, yeah. He he was the guy who wasn't asked to come back the following week. Right, uh, but then you know, but look, everybody's celebrating in their own way. You know, oh, that's sure, that, sure. that's really the the key to the, the key this, to this, this story. And then, honestly, it reminded me of my wedding until the third bar closed. Uh, <laughs> right, right exactly. And then, but uh, uh, then of course, the, there's go this ahead. Is where we live. Yeah, this is where we live. This is the uh, just the the embrace, uh, the the hand touching, basically, is is what we have here. You know. 
Um, this is where we live. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that it was all depicted really well. And, uh, you know, you can kind of see young Nathaniel get all wrapped up by this. By the way, they really gloss off the terrible story of his classmates who disliked him so much that they slit, they slit. his throat and he spent a year in the hospital recovering. <laughs> you know, it makes you think that the utopian future of the 31st century is perhaps not all it's cracked up to be. Kids will be kids. All right. Yeah. We've all, I mean, have, you grew up in New York. Have you ever not slit someone's <laughs> yeah. throat for like a year? Yeah. No. You don't got to tell me. In the mean streets of Greenwood Lake, New York, there, <laughs> those, those are the mean streets. I know. Delaware um, it was a threat of actually putting sales tax on something. That was our, <laughs> that was our weapon. But yeah. yet, in the space between the stars, uh, it's yeah. a, it's, it's a really lovely poetic turn of phrase that, of course, which, oh, which I, this, I, I too I too quickly went to the slap. I, I meant yeah, to actually yeah, stick yeah. with this. Yeah. <laughs> is, is, was that a commentary? In fact, that slap. I think you know the reason. I, I uh, the next slide, which is this this the slap. Well, does this look like something from last year's Academy Awards? Is yeah, that well, it did. It also Batman and Robin, the meme. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I think I might have sent you to. You so did it, send it, me. Yeah, let me. Yeah, get no, to it that. reminds me. Yeah, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. The the Batman and Robin slap is basically keep Catwoman's name out your damn your mouth. mouth. That's you know? right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's true. That Kang slap is the new version of the Batman and Robin slap. Uh, yeah. For for people who've Bat- read the story, you uh, said Batman seems so like joyful to do it in that, and and this one Kang actually looked kind of mad. Yeah, no, no, he's very mad at himself. You know? It's interesting too. You could see the different the, the like the the penciling here is really strong. Like we're saying yeah, before about some of the mouths look kind of wonky, but th- this is an image where I think there's wonderful detail in the face. And that's not necessarily the yeah, like really getting to see you know the the slap the bloody nose of Nathaniel yeah. Richard, but then let's not undersell just how angry Kang really oh, is. Oh, his himself. expression looks great. Yeah, yeah look, I, I think some of the books that we've uh, done here, the uh, the art can be a little hit or miss. It can be inconsistent. Sure. But uh, I found uh, Carlos Magno, who I don't believe I've had the pleasure of uh, reading anything that he's done before. Uh, I think one of the most important things with a mini series is to have consistency. Sure. If, especially in this day and age, if you can't have the same penciler and inking team on the entire book, uh, you've definitely done something wrong, you know? And uh, so I appreciated that. And some of these visual visuals were actually very stunning. And uh, I, I agree that this was one that really stood out to me because of just the brutality of you know, smacking your younger self in the face, you know, uh, that uh, I think well, that the, they and captured the text- it quite well. The texture even of his costume, it was really interesting yeah. in that frame too. Yeah. But uh, then also the, uh, the, basically the, the Ramatut, you know, gun turret that seems like something out of Larry Hammer's GI Joe number one, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's uh it's it's very it's very impressive, you know, the fact that uh, this iteration of Ramatut it, it utilizes the the future technology at his disposal. You know, he's not. It, it just... seems like well, thinking. I think Shield stole his patent. Um, <laughs> they, they probably did. Yeah, because it it basically looks like it was at the helicarrier, you know, and yeah, it's very yeah, that's true. It's very helicarrier. Um, and uh, we did talk a little bit about Doom. Uh, and uh, did you feel that uh, you picked an image from Doom where he wants to forego a more traditional monologue <laughs> uh, by giving a short monologue? Yeah, it, it, it was uh, actually a moment that I thought was funny, but also tonally a little a little funky because most of this is not particularly self-aware. You know, it's not even though it's meta in that it keeps circling in on itself, but it's yeah, not. Sure. It's not really winking to the reader. No, um, absolutely. You know, not. that's not the style of writing. So when Doom shows up and suddenly feels like he's breaking that fourth wall for a moment, uh, I, I thought that was an interesting choice, and, and it was funny. I mean, I I, I I didn't bump up against it as you young people say, but I, I did find this was a curious choice that suddenly, after having the storyline is pretty straight in its tone, you know. Uh, what's it? My motivations would be meaningless to you both, not to mention superfluous, since you will both soon be dead. Like yeah. it, it's as if the dialogue entered like 
it, it was like a, 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 not, a, a nudge and a wink to like the 60s uh, style of writing these. Yeah, no, no. And, and I think that uh, it's very intentional. You know, that, oh, sure. that that mouthful of words is definitely out of uh, Stanley's back pocket. You know, it's maybe, it's maybe maybe that's what it is, like a little bit of a it's like the uh, the Wilhelm scream. Uh, in movies, right. you know, like just almost like a tip of the hat to uh, to Stanley. Yeah, and uh, you know, just uh, getting to see some of the the armies and things like that, I think was uh, was was fun. But uh, the previous obviously, slide, Christian, uh, you want the previous slide? Okay, just sure. one moment, just one moment, because I thought that was an interesting theme. Slaves will become slavers when given a chance to hold the whip. Yeah, uh, that's like the whole point of the story in a lot of ways. And yeah, no, that, I think you're right. I think it's it's a five issue exercise in the fact that slaves will become slavers when given a chance to hold the whip. Absolutely. Yeah. Lauren um, and I, my wife and I have a joke whenever we I don't know, watch like a TV show or movie and there's clearly a line that's the theme. Yeah. And and <laughs> we'll just pretend to do a shot and go theme. Uh, yeah, and, and it's then, also yeah. like uh, it's also like every once in a while, you know, in a movie when they say the name of the movie, you know, it, it's like, <laughs> oh, you know, it's like, what, what, so when they do in uh, how did this get made? Is it, um, uh, Geostorm? Right. That's become their rallying cry. Uh, it's a Geostorm. Like, <laughs> so yeah. And, and that one too, I think, uh, the image is great. I mean, it, it feels almost like if George Miller did a, a Marvel movie, it would look like this. I would love to see that by the way. Oh, well, I mean, George he was Miller. he was supposed to do um, Justice League. Well, that's I not mean, a Marvel movie. I know, but <laughs> no, I know he was supposed to. Uh, for, um, for the audience listening, I just rolled my eyes uh, yeah. almost out. Rodney Dangerfield size roll of my eyes, and even the dog um, just grunted in the background at that. Yeah. <laughs> so the multiple times we're given the anguish for multiple Ravonas dying and. Uh, I thought that, uh, you know, they do a good job in uh, capturing that. So I assume that that's why the image where uh, Kang is holding the most superhero-y version mm -hmm. of her, you know, the the, the suit, basically. And the, know, most sexu the most sexually dressed, I would say, too. Like this outfit. Right, yeah. This is, this is something outfit. that Wanda left hanging in her closet. You <laughs> right, know? She's right. Like, she's like, yeah, I'm not going to go with the blue. But uh, do you mind if I wear this? Sure, go ahead. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, it's an important part of the storytelling, obviously, is to have these good, compelling visuals that really stand out for you. And um, there was, uh, I think this is the standard cover for issue five. It's the uh, persistence of Kang, basically, the melting clocks, the melting Kang. Um, yeah. I would... Uh, you know, as a younger man, if I uh, had my own living space entirely, this seems like something I would want to frame and put up is the uh, cover to issue five of this series, which is the the melting Kang and the melting clocks, you know. It's it's when they hired Salvador Dali to do one of their covers. Right, uh, exactly. Many years after he died, but, you know, they found a way because it, yeah. I, and the fact that that's actually the, the actual issue, because I assume that was a variant. But it's not. I believe that's right? the actual cover, though. Yeah, because they. That's they cool, and by the way, this collection did a great job of showing you the variants, which yeah, you don't yeah, always get. Sometimes you do, but uh, you know there were some very cool covers uh, in here. And again, this will be lost on our audio audience. But the last image I have from you, I have no idea what this <laughs> is. It's it, it, it's it's a uh, it's a bald gentleman who looks like comedian Robert Kelly. And he is basically a, uh, a gumball, a pink gumball. There's that a Marvel a, character. That was, I didn't expect you to include it here, but I'm glad you did. But I don't know what it is. Because it was <laughs> it, in there. It's actually so. from, it was a recent discovery from uh, a short-lived reality show called Who Wants to Be a Superhero? And, oh. uh, and, and, and I said it to you just because I thought it was the stupidest looking thing I've ever seen. I'm like, well, Christian would love this. Um, mission but, accomplished, by the way. And that was a Stan, <laughs> and, and it does tie back to Marvel because it was a Stan Lee produced show. And literally, uh, I, I, I do recommend for our uh, audio or visual audience take a look is at the trailer. You, look that up? you got to go on YouTube, look at the trailer. It is absurd. And um, I actually knew the guy who won that first season. 
Really? Um, yeah, and he they, they had some kind of deal too with like Sci-Fi Channel that the their character because the whole idea you come in with the character, the character would be featured in one of the Sci-Fi Friday Night movies and oh, also get its own comic book. Well, um, it took me back to uh, the John Byrne creation, Pink Pearl from uh, the cover to Alpha <laughs> Flight 22. Uh, and, well, uh, Century just got dethroned by my new favorite character. Uh, yeah, I did the not... team up with Pink Pearl. <laughs> yeah, and taking out both North Star and Aurora. Wait, wait, was uh, this, this like Blob in a dress? Like, uh I, I mean, the blob. I, I think I, I think you're uh, you're stature shaming now. But uh, yes, she <laughs> definitely does look like I believe his name is Fred Dukes, the blob. Uh, yeah, it looks like him in a dress. So uh, it was it was fun to take both the visual uh, <laughs> the visual journey with you uh, and uh, some of the other things. Uh, I think uh, final thought on this book is uh, I would agree with the recommendation for, do you really want to understand Kang? Uh, now there's so much more of the character to explore, but these five issues, I think you, I, I don't know. I feel like I have a much better understanding for the modern interpretation of Kang heading into his inclusion in the MCU and the the series. Uh, would you agree that this, uh, this book is a, is a good read for that, sort of a background eric sure and it's i don't think they're they would ever do this but i mean a spin-off movie or a series of just i mean this a, story would a, be incredible a, a disney plus you know yeah yeah four like, part series you know that would be great I yeah because i think emotionally it, it really does a wonderful job of getting us to understand him i i still go back to that same question as like that sense of I have to conquer every universe. That's the part I'm still trying to figure out. Now in this one, they do a nice job with the whole, you know, his lost love and yeah, you know, it, it's all going back to her. Every version of him goes back to her. That really works. So I'm curious if, you know, Marvel goes there, uh, you know, like if Thanos, right. Didn't Thanos lose his family at one point? What, yeah. I his daughter. A- yeah. Not right. Nakamura, his actually. No, no, right, 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 right. The one that because and it will explain why he had an attachment to yes to Nakamura, you know. But so, uh, but not Nebula, as nah, as the trailer listen. for Guardians points out that uh, he, he carved out her eyes and replaced them, and they're a lovely shade of black, um, which <laughs> is a nice way to transition into our next entry here in the book club, which will be. Uh, tentatively scheduled, scheduled to appear, as they say, uh, on uh, August, August, April. April 22nd. Happy Earth Day, everyone. Uh, because of the inclusion of Adam Warlock in the next Guardians film uh, is a more recent uh, story by Jim Starlin and uh, Alan Davis called The Infinity Entity. It's a newer Adam Warlock tale. Um, but it's a self-contained volume, I, I believe, also of five issues. Yeah. Uh, so and, and, and uh, for it's the, got Alan the, Davis and Ron Lim involved, uh, both uh, phenomenal artists whose work I very much appreciate. And I'm sorry, what were you going to say, Eric? No, I was going to say for our radio audience, the cover also very much looks like myself. Uh, with my, yes. my, chi- my chiseled good looks, my it, flowing, very thick blonde hair. Actually, so. now that you say it, it looks like Rocky from Rocky Horror Picture Show, you know, when he steps out <laughs> in the loincloth, basically. Uh, so that'll be uh, that'll be our next uh, entry here in the book club. We are doing back to back Marvel, uh, but uh, I, I, okay. I believe after that, we're going to have to read Flashpoint uh, and. Uh, yeah. I, I think we'll we'll bring on some haters, I think, <laughs> because it'll be easier than finding people who truly appreciate the Flashpoint story. But next month, we'll be talking Adam Warlock as we gear up for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, in the interim, Eric, where can people find you? Oh, come by to uh, Twitter or Instagram and say hello to Count Eric Connor, E-R-I-C-C-O-N-N-E-R, not O-R. No, no relation to John Connor. None of his talents or skills. Maybe some of his whining from Terminator 3. And that's about it. Right, yes. Uh, well, I always like to think of you as our own personal Edward Furlong. And as always, I can be found at Christian DMZ. Subscribe to the Blackcast. B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. 
and you'll find our show uh, Marvel Movie Talk when we've got movies to talk about. I uh, should be interviewing the great Roy Thomas very soon, so uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMZ for a link to that when it does present itself. We're also covering uh, Star Trek Picard over there right now. We'll do a season ender for the Mandalorian as we always do. So plenty of content to be found over there. And also we uh, here over here on Geekscape, it was uh, actually posted as a, in the main Geekscape feed. I uh, sat in for Jonathan, but you can also find the video to a one hour, 45 minute conversation that uh, my friend John Pett and I had with Kenneth Johnson about the 40th anniversary of V. And I highly recommend that conversation, not so much because I'm just a per uh, a participant in it, but also because uh, it uh, was just, he had great stories, great background on that show, that film, but also uh, just Hollywood in general. There's a story about a pitch with a network executive who fell asleep while Kenneth and uh, Kelsey Grammer pitched something. So I blame, I blame Frazier for that. <laughs> he put them to sleep <laughs> with his, his soothing vocals. So you can find that uh, over here. And as I said, I can be found on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. We appreciate everybody who always finds us here in the Geekscape Book Club. Please subscribe and you'll get our monthly episodes, as we said, next month, October. I don't know why I keep just picking months out of here. <laughs> April 22nd. It's, it's, it's actually the fifth of a dar. Uh, yeah. From the Hebrew and calendar. We'll be reading the infinity entity. And uh, so uh, join us for that. You, you keep reading them. We'll keep talking about them. And we'll see you next time here on the Geekscape Book Club. So, so long, everybody. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 